Alrighty, beautiful. Welcome back, people. This might be the first episode that we're releasing for the year. 2022 was a bit of a, you could you could use the word tumultuous. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a tumultuous time for property. It was seemed to be a tumultuous time for crypto and re- stock markets and bonds and all that equity stuff. So it wasn't just a weird time for property, but seeing as that sort of, with us being mortgage brokers, that's sort of the focus. And there seems to be a lot of um, different people in the media putting out their expectations of where things are going to go. And they're usually quite negative towards, you know, negative uh, ideas about where property might go this year. Every year, uh, Simon Presley, who's from Propertyology, he's a regular guest of the show, puts out his market outlook. And he basically summarizes what happened in 2022, why, and then what he expects to occur in 2023 as a result. Uh, so we reached out to Simon about whether we could chat about his outlook for 2023 on the show, and he said go for it. Uh, so that's what we're here to do today, Dave. Yeah, yeah, and we'll include a link to the um, outlook in the in the show notes because it's it's quite good. And like just as way of background, um, Simon's probably the most um, expert property analyst in the country. Um, he, two years ago, forecast the big rent boom that we're going to have, um, which has come to pass. And um, during the pandemic, talked about the fundamentals and how they hadn't really changed. Um, and that when one missing ingredient, which is the same missing ingredient that he's going to, we're going to talk about today, changes, he's expecting a big year this coming year. So we'll just chat through the through the main thing. So in in the sort of background, like as, as you said, Damo, the media's job is to sensationalise stuff. Yeah. Most of the people who write about property, interest rates, uh, that sort of stuff, they're not experts in it. Yeah, they they think um, yeah they'll, they'll just talk to their usual suspects, um, most of whom have probably been wrong in the past. You know, the bank economists and some of the other <coughs> some of the other people doing the rounds who <coughs> excuse me who are all um, you know, pushing um, a line or. Yeah, they might be a buyer's agent or a selling agent who focuses on a particular area. So if you ask a buyer's agent or a selling agent who focuses on, say, um, Adelaide, if you ask them, where's the best place to invest? They're going to tell you Adelaide because that's what they sell. That's what they've got to sell. It's like going into a Ford dealer. Um, what, hey, mate, what's the best um, twin cab ute to buy? Oh, the Ford Ranger. They're not going to tell you the Mitsubishi Triton or the um, Toyota Hiace or yeah. those things. They're going to so whenever you get info, make sure you step back and go, okay, why is this person saying this? Because usually they're trying to sell you something, and it may not be in your best interest. So with with Simon and some of the other national buyers agents like Investor Kit Dash Dot, um, say Terry Ryder from Hot Spotting, who's not a buyers agent but who's a um, property market analyst they look at property across the board they look at property like shares um, they don't they're not aligned to an area they look at what things are driving property markets and based on that where they think the growth will be so um, as a sort of backdrop there were eight interest rate rises in 2022 and we've talked ad nauseum about the uh, Reserve Bank <clears throat> saying that rates would stay and hold till 2024 maybe later even though the banks were saying in early 2022 that they thought there'd be four interest rate rises. That was poo-pooed by the RBA, who then 
had eight interest rate rises. So, um, you know, that has the impact that interest rates has. One, it reduces borrowing capacity. So if you, we've had clients who may have, say two years ago, been able to spend 800 grand on a property, now they can spend 600. Because um, if you're borrowing um, at three, 2%, the bank assesses you at 5%. Now rates are 5%, the bank assesses you at 8%. So your borrowing capacity has dropped. Now, if you've got 10 buyers going for a property two years ago who can all spend 800 grand, one of them is probably going to be stupid enough to do that, to get the property. When you've got, um, now, you've got 10 buyers and only two can afford 800 and the rest can afford 600, you're probably, unless one of those two buyers are going to pay 800, you're going to get less for that property. So the interest rate rises have reduced borrowing capacity, which has reduced prices. It's also, because all the media speculation is that property is going to crash, you've got some people who may not think it's a good time to sell. So that's kept prices up probably more than what people would have thought because there's not enough supply around because people aren't selling. You know, we've got people who've been looking for houses for a year. Some of that is due to them being unrealistic, but a lot of it is due that there's just not a lot around. So Mm. One thing real quick about this, like we are talking about in the media, you have uh, people, like my favourite is when someone in the news or like the Finn reviews being interviewed and he's a he's a real estate agent in Sydney and he's saying now's a great time to buy in Sydney. Yeah. Like fucking of course he's gonna say that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah. sometimes in the broking side of things I'll watch you talk to clients and say like the amount of money you could use to borrow you could have borrowed to buy a place a year ago to now has dropped by X it might be in your best interest to wait and see uh, what what the th- what the market's doing in six months' time or twelve months' time because chances are maybe you'll be able to get something more affordable down that line once rates have sort of chilled out. Mm-hmm. Is that something that like you just make the choice to do that as a broker and let them know because it's not that means you might not get a commission or you might not make a sale from that person because you're not going to help them now but it might be better for them in the long term. Do you do that because we're taught to do that as brokers and that's what's encouraged? Or is that something that you just choose to do? That's that's something we choose to do. So, But, you know, and I say to people, look, if it was me, this is what I would do. Um, Sometimes you can rush in and overpay. Um, And it it depends on whether you're an investor or whether you're an owner-occupier as well. Because if you're renting and you want to buy a property, if you see a property you like, you've got to go hard. You've got to know what your budget is and go hard to get that property. But if you're an investor, you don't really want to overpay because you know it's just going to impact your numbers down the track, especially if you want to build a, build a portfolio. If you overpaid for a property, it comes through in your numbers next time that you're going to, going to buy. So, um, look, one of the things Simon talked about was you know, double-digit growth in areas in 2021, 2022, Adelaide, Albury... Albany, Bairnsdale, Burnie, Bustleton, Cairns, Dubbo, Harvey Bay, Shepparton, Townsville. So despite all the doom and gloom, there has been some places that have gone up. And at any time in the country, there are places that are growing in value. Mm. you just got to know where to look or know who to ask. Um, but, but some of the fundamentals, like we've had big rises in rents. Like rents have gone up in some places 20%. 
Um, we have massive rental pressure. Supply of rentals is down 58% in the last three years. So we've got less rentals available and we've got more people coming to the country. We've got, there was 150,000 migrants came in the first half of 2022. When they come here, they usually rent. They might stay with people they know because you know they might have family or friends over here they can stay with, but eventually they're going to rent. You know, you don't, if you walk through the, the arrivals area of um, Tullamarine or Kingsford Smith Airport in Sydney, there's not many signs up about buying property because when you get off the plane to relocate for work, you're not going to look to buy property straight away. You're going to rent. Um, we're getting a lot more migrants coming into the country. They've got to rent somewhere and we don't have enough rentals. So that's going to put pressure on prices. Um, we have an undersupply of listings at the moment because people don't have to sell at the moment. Now that may change as fixed rates come become variable and we're finding that people are going from like a 2% rate to a 5% rate. That will, that will mean some people will have to sell. Um, some investors may even think, look, it's probably not a bad time to sell because that property has been good to me. Either I can't afford to keep it anymore or I want to put my money elsewhere. So, you know, we do, we do expect listings to increase, which could, you know, put further stabilising pressure on prices. So that's another reason why if, you're, if you don't need to buy, it, it may be worthwhile just hold, keeping your powder dry for a little while. Um, you know, dwelling approvals are below the decade average. You know, the dwelling approvals last year, 180,000. The decade average is 220,000. So we're not building enough and we don't have enough. So when supply is lower than demand, that's when prices normally normally rise. Mm. Um, a lot of people have moved to the regions and that, that's not just a COVID thing. It was sort of accelerated during COVID. But, yeah, you know, over time, a lot of people have got to 55, 60 years old, living in, a, living in the capital city, they may want a more relaxed lifestyle, they may want to um, get more money in their super, they might think, okay, I'm living in Strathfield in a house worth $2 million, I could go live in um, Townsville. Yeah. Uh, I may not know anyone there, but I can buy a nice house in there for six hundred grand. I can put, you know, me, and my, me and my wife can put 300 k each concessionally in the super and we'll have a million dollars left over or, you know, 800 grand left over, which we can invest and, you know, we'll have a pretty comfortable retirement. Or, you know, they, they might want to give money to the kids or, or that sort of thing. So there's pe people have always moved out of the capitals. And, you know, with working from home, a lot of people are still doing that. And I remember seeing a, a stat saying that the most um, searched for term on SEEK when people are looking for a job is working from home. Now... Some people will, some people will choose to return to the office mainly for their career because the the sort of the general intel is that um, if you're in the office, you get promoted. Mm. It's about being seen. So um, you know, some people will choose to do that, but you know, some people might some people might live in Bendigo, um, work in Melbourne two days a week, and just stay in a hotel, or you know, stay in an Airbnb one night a week, or they might just you know commute in the you know, two, two and a half hours because you can work on the train. So um, unemployment's at record low still, um, even though you know, the numbers are a bit dodgy um, because you know, you've got to be employed for something like one or two hours a week to be employed, which, yeah. is, which is bollocks. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we just did a trip to 
uh, Melbourne and back via Albury and Goulburn and Melbourne to see clients. And most of the, I reckon I saw about eight shops with signs up saying they wanted staff. So mainly in hospitality, but um, yeah, even it was a real estate agent um, I walked past in um, in, Mel- in uh, St Kilda. Um, so yeah, so yeah, people are looking for staff um, and unemployment's at record record low levels. Um, there's 683,000 more people in jobs than there were three years ago, um, even though we do have 526,000 unfilled jobs mm. and probably, you know, four to 500,000 unemployed. That, you know, we've probably got a, you know, government, between government and business have probably got to try and come up with incentives to try and encourage those people into the workforce. Keep in mind too with that figure of the, there's 683,000 more people in jobs than three years ago. Uh, even in the outlook, there wasn't a breakdown of, you know, like when I hear that figure, I automatically assume that means full-time staff. No, That's not what no. it is. So no. like same with the unemployment rate. If if you only have to work three or four hours a week to be classified as employed, when people say, well, people should be able to afford inflation because they've all got jobs, it's like just because you have a job doesn't automatically mean you're earning enough to afford like living mm. comfortably. Yeah, yeah. So like that's important, I guess. Yeah, and you, you, were talk, you were talking about that um, podcast or something you saw where the where the fella from NAB was talking to the business people and said, you know, inflation's going up. You know, how many of you guys guys and girls put your prices up and nearly everyone put their hand up? And then the the chap said, Okay, as inflation drops, how many of you are going to drop your prices? And no one did. No one no one put their hand up. You know, yeah. Like, you know, the price of most things have got the, the thing that's that's actually stayed low is fuel. Like fuel's low, um, like it's dropped in price. So, um, yeah, a lot of the stuff that's driving inflation has been caused by you know is is stuff around the building industry, and that's you know due to huge demand, lack of um, supply chains to get materials through, tradies prices going up, rents have gone up. Um, Fresh food's gone up a bit because of floods and all that sort of stuff. You know, when who knows what's going to happen with inflation? But we'll talk, you know, a bit more about that later. You know, you've you've got to, um, you know, as the famous prophet, the Big Show from the wrestling said, you know, you've got to control what you can control, and we can't control inflation. Um, actually, the only thing you can do to control inflation is stop spending money. If everyone stops spending, inflation a drop because people would have to drop their prices to get people in the door. Mm. So there is something you can do, stop buying shit. Um, equity and property is up about 40%. So even though you know, there's all this stuff around, you know, Sydney house prices down 13% or 12%, um, that's not across the board. In some places in Sydney, prices have dropped 25%. In other places, it's dropped 5%. So it's not, there's not one Sydney property market. You know, Where we live in, in Newcastle, we live in a suburb called um, Adamstown Heights, and it's next to a suburb called Merriweather, which is quite a fashionable suburb. Now, the prices have dropped in Merriweather, but they haven't dropped at the same rate all across Merriweather because Merriweather is a big suburb. So you've got to you've got to you know make sure you make sure you're comparing. Um, you know, when you're looking at prices and you're hearing stuff about prices up thirty percent or down twenty percent, that you're actually comparing apples with apples. Mm. Um, you know, as we said before, rents rents are up a lot. Um, you know, which is gonna we 
you know, it's going to push up prices eventually, especially mm. because investors will go, wow, the yield's good, let's, let's, let's rip in. With the rents too, I had a couple of things. So like, obviously, Presley talks about the population growth. So in the last three years, even though borders were shut for the most part, the population increased 700,000. Um, when people, obviously people that sell, some of the people that sell houses are investors that want to cash out on it. Maybe they bought a house 20 years ago for 300 grand. Now it's worth 800 and they've paid it off and they want to cash in on the profit on it. If they were renting it out, that may lead to that house being taken out of the rental pool. It doesn't always mean it will because it could be bought by another investor, but it could contribute to a loss in the rental pool. Um, so if there's 8 million Australians, according to Simon, there's 8 million Aussies living in rentals across the country. They make up, the 8 million live in 3.3 million rentals. And as of now, there's only 31,000 rentals available across the country. Hmm. So that's sort of why the rental costs have gone up a lot of the co- in a lot of the country is because there's not enough supply of rentals. And in that market, the landlords can raise their prices because of the demand. Should they raise their prices? I don't know, but they can Mm. because the demand dictates that people will. So Simon says expect more people to be living in cars or couch surfing in 2023 as a result. So yeah, it's great for the investor side of things, but keep in mind like, yes, it, it might be good for you if you have a rental or you can rent rooms out. You might make some money and that's great. But don't forget that this could also be shit for a lot of people. Oh. That's not necessarily their fault. Maybe they could have done better to avoid it, but it's not completely on them, and oh. there might be some suffering in this too. Um, oh, absolutely, for sure, for sure. Um, like one of the things that's coming through as a result of the pandemic is a lot of spending on infrastructure. So like driving around Melbourne, um, there's lots happening. You know, we're out at Footscray, and there's the big hospital, huge... Um, you know, there's road works everywhere, there's you know, cranes and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of, there's a big pipeline of infrastructure going in everywhere. There's lots of um, green energy projects around the country and um, Investor Kit did a, um, did a white paper on you know, five or six areas that they think will boom around the country mm. um, as a result of like the Labor government coming in and the push for green energy and to reduce carbon emissions. So yeah, most of those places... Uh, not where, not where people live who are probably listening to us. You know, they're talking about you know, your your Toowoombas and your Tamworth Armadales and your Dubbo's and your Latrobe Valleys. You know, it's not it's not Newcastle or Sydney or um, you know Dubbo or Bansdale or where some of our listeners are. So, um, one of the things like inflation is high, um, but you know as as interest rates go up, it's about you know, taking heat out of the economy because if you if people have to spend if people have to pay more money um, either to provide a rental or on their home that's less money they can spend elsewhere and if they spend less money it reduces the it's sort of like yeah the economy was on um, on the heat and button was up to 10 for a year or two during the pandemic as we were you know trying to get pump pump the money pump the economy up with free money or you know, very very cheap money now the uh, reserve bank's just trying to drop it down a bit and it's probably about five at the moment whether it goes to four or it sits on five for a while who knows um we'll just have to see how that goes in regard to loans 0.58 percent of loans are in arrears which is not 
not many. Now that may increase as mm. people come off fixed rates, and you know, as I said, you know, we're getting people coming off two percent fixed rates being offered for four to five percent. Um, one of the ones that wasn't covered that I just wanted to mes- mention is about household formation, and this was sort of coming out of the census that, um, say, prior to COVID, the average number of people in a house was three point four or something, or two point eight. Now it's like two point three. So to get the to house the same number of people, we need more property because there's less people in them. Because yeah, you, know, you might have had you might have been sharing with two or three other people. Now you're only sharing with one because you need another room as an office because you're working from home. Um, yeah, there was a push to get more space. You know, we went and saw a couple of clients' houses over the last couple of days as we were doing the rounds, and all of them had a home office now, like they had a home office. So that's just what what's happened now. Like five years ago, most people wouldn't have. They might have had a room full of shit, but now they've got a home office and a room full of shit. Yeah. Um, Wages are up three point one percent, and again, that's that's a average figure. That is not across the board. You know, some places have not had wage growth; others have had wage growth of double that or triple that. Um, the other thing that's coming, and whether it stays in or not, will depend on um, the March twenty five state election in New South Wales. Is the stamp duty changes where, um, yeah, and it actually starts today, sixteen January, where if you're a first home buyer you can choose to not pay an upfront, upfront stamp duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose to pay an annual land tax, which you know will, will reduce the amount you need um, you know, to spend because you don't have to spend um, the stamp duty, but it will reduce your borrowing capacity because that annual land tax has to be factored into your living costs. So um, usually what happens when there's changes like this you know, people might have had a budget of a million dollars plus you know, 40 grand for stamp duty, so they needed a million and 40. Now they're going to pay the land tax, so they go, well, look, we'll just spend the million and 40. So it normally pushes the prices back up to what it would have been anyway. Yeah. And, you know, nearly, and the state government in New South Wales, the state opposition in New South Wales has come out with their proposal about increasing the thresholds for stamp duty exemption and concessions. Um, yeah, this again is change has been made to improve demand or improve people's ability to buy rather than the issue which is available stock yeah supply is the issue um so look really what's the missing ingredient and i've read this a couple of times now and if you go back to the gfc when when property reduced in price during the gfc the thing that was missing was buyer sentiment buyers stopped buying because they were nervous they were worried about interest rates they were worried about their jobs they were worried about a number of things during the pandemic at the start buyers stopped buying and that was the issue and that is the issue at the moment we've got a lot of people who are not buying because they're worried about interest rates they're worried about their jobs they're worried about prices they're worried about all these things so what i think will happen is the RBA will likely raise rates one or two more times between um, the February meeting and June. Then what I think will happen is there'll be, we've got all these people coming off fixed rates, the, there'll be the, fa- the full impact of 10, by then 10 rate rises, which you know, have increased, repay- probably doubled repayments for a lot of people. And I think the economy will either slow down markedly or tank 
or fall off a cliff. And around the back end of this year, 2023, I think the RBA will, will need to drop interest rates. This is just my view. Then what will happen when the RBA starts dropping interest rates, the, the newspapers and the press and everything will be about how it's a great time to buy. And buyer sentiment will change. And there'll be more people out at open homes and there'll be more people borrowing money. And because, you know, if, if, you're, if you're assessed at, say, by then 9% and it drops back to 8.5%, people's budgets will go up yeah. and people will rip in. And I think towards the end of next year, there'll be another... Pro- sorry, towards the end of this year, the, the buyer sentiment will return and there'll be less... There'll be... It'll be... A, so, in my view, I think between now and about June, July is going to be a great time to buy property. Now, where to buy property is always the issue. And in his paper, Simon has mentioned 20 places where he thinks there'll be great growth potential. They can Plus go to link. Yeah, or we can go, or you can just go to our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Main Save Homeowners Facebook page. On the 2nd of January, we included a list of all those places. Yep. Now, you'll notice that most of those places are not where you live. So, um, yeah, go, go look at that, mm. and um, I think you'll, you'll get a lot of benefit from it. Um, so, yeah, that's the, yeah, the missing ingredient at the moment seems to be buyer, buyer confidence. Um, there's less buyers around. The but all the other fundamentals from Simon's view seem to be there. Lack of supply, yep. demand's high, Rent's everyone's up. got jobs. Rents people are hopefully have the money to pay the rents. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. yeah, easy. Yeah. Well, yeah, people, uh, you'll hear from us again in a couple of days. We'll do a uh, the 100th episode of the Property and Finance News segment we do every Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to hear more from us, go to moneysaverhomeloans.com.au and you can find out more about what we do as mortgage brokers. And we'll talk to you next time.